Hey, welcome to the Draft Champions Podcast. We're here today with Dal- Dalton Del Don. How you doing? Doing well, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, looking forward to this, talking some, some baseball. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. And uh, you're one of the more interesting guys in the, in the fantasy stakes world because you do have a unique strategy that um, it's sort of making waves around, the, around I guess, people that, that I'm talking to. Um, so I don't know what you want to uh, introduce yourself in terms of uh, what you're up to. Like, I know, I know what you're doing. I think everyone does, but uh, where they can find you on Twitter, et cetera. Yeah, at Dalton Del Don, I'm a fantasy sports writer for Yahoo. Been there about uh, coming up on 10 years now. And uh, I started taking the NFBC more seriously last year. Been playing it for years, but um, just kind of jumping in, thinking I could be successful uh, without doing the work and mostly getting my ass handed to me. I mean, here or there, I'd, I'd do okay, but started to really put in the work uh, last year. And, um, and it turned into a fairly decent amount of success. But people really just, they, they no matter, even with, last year, this year, continuously just mocking every, every league I've been in, people comment. Um, but I prefer them mocking than, than, than copying, I guess, at this point. But still, yeah, every draft I'm in, people always raise an eyebrow, like, what is this guy doing? And half the time, I'm almost considering saying, oh, this is my first baseball draft. And I think people would believe it <laughs> because it is so different than everyone as I'm just going very, very pitcher heavy. Sorry if I'm burying the lead here, but I, um, I'll take the first six rounds of a draft. I'll go pitchers. Um, very frequently after 10 rounds, I will uh, have eight pitchers off the board uh, in a 12-teamer or a 15-teamer. Yeah, no, I've noticed that. And um, to be quite honest, I was, in, I was in the main event with you last year and, and you won. You kicked our ass. Um, you finished first. I, I ended up in fourth in that league. And when I was doing that draft, um, I'm like, what is this guy doing? Like, I'm like, I was, la- I was laughing. I'm like, this is crazy. Exactly. Exactly. Um, that's, it's, that's common, man. Everyone does it. And they are still doing it this year, every single draft, but they, if they don't know what's coming, it's in the, like that. In like, like the chat, clockwork. in the chat, yes, in the chat. Like, yes. Like, in the chat. Guy, yes. This guy's fucked. Basically. Yeah. And the guild, the guilds, uh, also obviously a great player. He would mock me with, with, uh, uh, gifts of uh, the Sly Stallone rolling his eyes last year because <laughs> he could just tell you'd look at it someone would post a draft board if, if it wasn't my name they know if they knew what I was doing they know oh that's a Dalton team you know but Mike the yeah. mouth you know give me as hard a time as anyone too but it's it's fine I mean you know what maybe I just picked the right players last year and this will be a disaster this year that's why this is going to be so interesting you know because we'll, we'll see we'll see I don't think so man because I like I was skeptical obviously at first but I don't know man like um like you, t- you mentioned the guilds and Mike the mouth, both friends, of the show, both have been on this show and both, both are, are well, at least guilds is a great player. Um, but, uh, <laughs> no, Mike's, uh, Mike's, Mike's funny. Mike's a uh, good button. Yeah. I'm doing, I'm doing the, the mouth. I'm doing the mouse big one, the 5k one. And he, you know, he asked, what are you, uh, getting rotowire money from list. I'm like, no, man, partially you are invested in this. Cause every, every league I was in with him, he, I beat him. So I'm like, no, you're helping me fund this, uh, this, this one for, we'll see how that goes though. That's the really going with the fish, uh, the, you know, I'm me a fish there compared to. Well, you got to do so, do so in there. Phil and Chow, yeah, yeah, Tyler Jung, yeah. who's also an amazing yeah. player trying to get him on the show. But um, yeah, man, like, um, like you, like uh, you uh, won you cashed in two of your main events last year. You finished first and second. And I think uh, I had it, I had it down here. Um, you, um, you, I think you won all three of your OCs and you yep. finished, you had a ninth overall and, and three in the top 100. And I'm just going off the top of my head right now. Um, oh, there it is. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that's a pretty impressive resume. Uh, and that's all your leagues you did. So you basically were very successful. You were, you made, made money, uh, maybe some of the money that you're going to put towards that big DC. I, I hope you, I hope you win. You did do a DC last year and you finished fourth though. So that was, I, I think that you, you only did one. So it's hard to really, um, it's hard to really judge by a small sample size. Right. But um, I guess um, you, you've, you've done, you've done your research and now you're, you're jumping in. I think you've been, uh, you've done a couple of them and you're, 
you're in the big one with your FU money. Yeah, I had a good, good baseball year last year. At one point, Maddie, I just remember because Maddie would tweet it. I think going into September, all three of my OC teams were top 35 in the overall. So the, the, two of them faded, but one top 10. It was no field of so year, but I also had futures on Otani winning MVP and Burns winning Cy Young. So <laughs> very, very good baseball. Y'all probably never will repeat that. I had the SF Giants to a real futures ticket. You know, they, they went deep too, or at least into the playoffs. But um. Sucked at fantasy football this year, no question about that. So hopefully, uh, I'm I'm definitely ready for for some more baseball and draft champions. Yeah, I didn't. You 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 talked about my draft on that one. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. It was the very first one last year. I didn't. I think I had any closers. Um, so that was a, a, an unprepared one. I'm actually surprised I finished fourth. I don't even think I did my lineup uh, judiciously either there. But definitely into more DCs this year. So let's let's talk about them. Fifteen team. I will say my strategy. I feel more confident in the OCs. The twelve teamers you can get offense later easier it's a little tricky in these 15 teamers with my strategy I mean it looks bad on paper my offense people just you know they laugh they're like boy I can't wait to see how he fills this out so I will say that but um DC is also the other aspect of I will say this about DC so I like that because I'm the weakest part of my game is fab uh I, I'm impatient I have other things going on I, I'm worried about football and I I, 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 it works out when you get Jake McGee for $400, even if Mike the mouth makes fun of you. I did a, an early OC. So some, some closers become, you know, when they don't do the first fab period to like six weeks, or whatever, two months later, um, I overspend on fab often. Uh, and I, I noticed, like that. I noticed that. that in our main that you, 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 you blow, you, uh, you blow your load early. Very much so. I like that frequently, consistently. And, um, so theoretically, these DCs, drafting's the funnest part. I even like the, I like the two hour, the quicker, but I like the ability to, you know, think about your pick and then not have to worry about the, the Sunday night uh, stress for the rest exactly. of the year. So I'm doing more of those as you, as, as, as we're talking about. All right. So before we get started, we got some housekeeping to do. Uh, one thing I noticed on your profile is you, you, on your, you, your pin shows that you, that are the, your top 10 or 15 shows, but then you're also a Larry David guy. How is the only four, how is Superb fourth? I haven't even heard yeah. of the shows, to be honest, that were over, over, that you have listed over Curb. I just can't believe that. Like, I, I know we're not going to talk. I, I know I didn't, I don't like to talk rankings on this show, but like, I'll make an exception here that I'm going to have to disagree with that ranking. Yeah. I, I work from home. So I watch a lot of TV. A lot of it's in the background. And I throw out, I don't even tweet that much myself, but I tweet out this list every year. People seem to, to like it, uh, but <laughs> you, you can absolutely give me a hard time for that. I was just highlighting newer shows or whatever, but Larry David is literally, I only mentioned two things in my Twitter profile. And one of them is I love Larry David. You see the latte Larry Curb uh, mug behind me here. So yes, all that criticism is warranted. Curb should be number one every year. Okay. And one Best more thing, yeah. one more thing before we get into the, we're going to get into the main event. Uh, we'll talk a little bit of the main events, but we have to like, we have HR with the show. Um, are you vaccinated? <laughs> uh, yeah, I am actually. Yes, I am. Okay. Okay. Then we can, we can continue without masks. Okay. Okay. Good. So your main events. So like you finished first, second and ninth in the main events. And then, and, and like you alluded to this, like it was very, it's very methodical. So you, you say you use projections, but it's very methodical, methodical approach. First four rounds were pitchers. Six of the first eight were pitchers in, in those in those three main events. The one that you finished ninth, um, can't really blame you because you started with Bieber and Glasnow and those guys sort of just fell off, right? Uh, your team was... Um, and Snell. And Snell. That's the one that uh, Dave Chauvin uh, swooped Kyle, uh, Corbin Burns at the turn. That's the only... I was setting the men on Burns in, in the main events every time. And I was going to again in the early third there. And boom, he went second, third turn there. So yeah, Snell instead of Burns was a problem. And yeah, I had Glasnow in the second round of two of my three main events. I did two main events and you sniped me on Burns. I was, I had him in the third round. I was, I was basically setting mins on Burns too, but you out min me on Burns in our main event. Um, so yeah. And then um, like the one that you finished first, you, you had uh, Darvish, Scherzer, Burns, Hater, 
So it, it just shows it, it just goes to show that you didn't really you didn't really good you did a really good job picking out what players to draft because you were like three four five picks this year or your one two three picks like um, sorry la- your three four five picks last year or your like first and second round picks this year you're going Burns and Hader um, sometimes and you were getting those in rounds three four last year so really it's just like you bump your draft up and you got to pick uh, you got to get new third fourth and fifth round picks. Um, now, not, um, not the same. Not the same for Victor Robles. I was setting mins with him too. I know I, uh, well. I do. I, I do attack steals. If I mean, if I'm going to get a hitter, and boy, that didn't work out well. But yeah, no, I drafted Robles. I think I did set his min in that main event. In the one that we were in, I mean, yeah, I was. Um, I, I wasn't so. I wasn't super surprised by that. I was just surprised that that was the hitter you started off with uh, after yeah, going well, all those yeah. pitchers, right? But that, but that, but that's your approach, and we'll get into that. And I think you're. You you want to target speed speed your priority after after pitching. So I think like design by design you crush saves ERA whip, and then um, and then speed your priority. Um, you seem to be like good at like identifying like skills. Like I alluded to like upside players like Burns and Glass. Now you you're you're when when you like a player and and they have skills where others are maybe apprehensive about like their playing time, the innings, or their their health. You you got balls. It looks like when you when we do these drafts, like you're not gonna. You're not going to be. You're not going to shy away. Like you had, you had Buxton in, in in some drafts, and I had I had him in the in the draft that we did together. Um, but um, talk about just your player evaluation process. Yeah, I've always been an aggressive drafter. Drafting rookie uh, running backs in football way earlier, uh, before, you know, ten years ago, and it seemed crazy. And I've just been that way, just aggressive and not caring if I'm going to finish last and not first or last type mentality. And I really do, even though you're going to actually maybe be surprised judging by your outline, but no, I'm, I'm always after the overall. I'm not even thinking just trying to win my league. I'm, I'm, I'm shooting for, for the overall on all these draft picks. Right on. So yeah, like our, our, our draft, our main event, not just not to stick onto that too much, but um, you um, blew through your fab. Like, like I, I remember that. Like, I'm like, okay, at least like you were in, you were in first place. I'm like, you're the guy that catch, but you, you, you'd used up all your fabs. I, fab, I don't even remember what you used it on exactly. Um, you must've bolstered know. your hitting at some point because you couldn't have, you couldn't have got by with Robles as your first hitter. Um, just, just like that. So talk. Yeah, I wouldn't the- even, well, let me bring up my old board there. I don't even know how you have this info. I could, I tried to bring up the boards from this, but um, I'm a uh, brain's too much to remember the exact details here, but I will say this. So I remember Jeff Zimmerman calling me out because I was in another, the league I finished second with. He said, how is this, how are you going to do this? I had uh, $10 left <laughs> the final eight, final eight weeks, I think. And here's how I can do it. I don't, I've never streamed one pitcher one time in any of my leagues last year. Not, not one, mm. not one stream once. So I think that's, is that, does that help answer? I assume other people are spending their fab doing that. Right. So I'm just worried about injuries. Those final 10, if I have $10 left the final two months, that's 10 moves for injuries. And if I lose that many guys, I ain't going to win it all anyway. That, that, that's kind of my theory. And also I'm lazy. Let's be clear, lazy. <laughs> and I, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not good at like, like, even though I overspent, like it was worth it getting Jake McGee last year, I wouldn't have finished top 10 overall had I not overspent and Mike made fun of that fab, but I should be more aware of, well, in NFBCs, no one ever spends 45% on closers, no matter what time of year. So like, you know what, I, I should have spent 25% and just knowing the historical values of that. But all it takes is one person in your league. So I'll once again, probably be overly aggressive on guys I like early in fab and spend the final two months, you know, uh, with very little left. Right on. So when like um, going into this year, you're, and I'm, I'm assuming you did this last year because you did so well, you got to look at projections and um it looks like you did like like you have, you have your approach and just to like maybe just hammer home and get give people a visual like our main event last year you started Darvish Scherzer Burns Hater uh, Victor Robles who didn't do anything for you 
then you went back to the closer, Canley Jensen. So you're sort of ahead of the times here because that's what people are doing this year. And then um, you went Marcus Simeon, which, which is a great pick. And then you went to Gosman, another, like you you nailed all those picks and I'm not going to go through the rest of it, but that's your top, I think eight. So it looks like um, just by looking at your main event and looking at like um, some of the other drafts and the draft you're doing this, the draft that you did this year, uh, we'll get into it. You took Miles Straw and I think another stolen base guy early. Um, looks like you're prioritizing stolen bases. Like what are you, what sort of, um, what projections are you using first of all? And do you give stolen base guys like a bump in your projections? Yeah. Um, a, someone made a tweet that ATC's a uh, total stolen base projections uh, by round, uh, 27% of the steals are gone in the top 36 picks. So, I mean, steals are just flying off the board there, but let me circle back to start here. So I, yes, I use projections. Um, maybe it's because I'm biased. I'm, I've been buddies with Derek Carty since he uh, walked into labor at about 19 years old. Um, so I use the bat. I like the bat X. Um, and um, that's what I would say I use mostly from projections. Uh, that, that didn't come out until recently, though, and Steamer was just fine. I listened to him on the Launch Angle pod, the creator, Jared, and he gave really smart answers. So I don't think there's a huge difference between the projection systems. I'm a bias toward the bad X. I like the, that he incorporates um, StatCast into the hitters. He hasn't done that for, for pitchers. That could be more, more noisy anyway. Um, but um, for pit, I use it more for hitters. I'd say your guess is as good as mine. I just use projection systems um, and a, a little tangent here, but I heard how Casey Chaw kind of doesn't keep, he throws some people out of his player pool. Mm-hmm. Well, I can throw out the top 75 hitters, basically. I don't even have to look at them or study or do any research of those whatsoever because I'm only drafting hitter uh, pitchers with the rare exception of speed guys, um, the Mondeses of, of the world. So, so I don't even have to study the top 75 hitters whatsoever. I, and, and pitchers, I will admit it's a little bit, I have a little bit more of my own secret sauce there and I don't just blindly use projections and projections can be tough too, because they're so reliant on playing time, you know, just tweak a little innings here and Oh, wait, a card, Cardi actually doesn't dislike this guy as much as the player values show, you know, because he's also reliant on, on playing time. So it's tricky to use, but if you're, you're crazy to think that you could do better than these projection systems. I mean, there's so much information in baseball. Um, obviously they take into account all the minor leagues. So yes, I use projections, but I will admit I'd use my own t- tinkering with, with, with pitchers. With pitchers. Right. And um, I think I think baseball, particularly these DCs, I think it's more of uh, game theory than uh, specific player evaluation. At least that, that's my um, that's my sense with this. Can you like we've we've talked to Phil on the show, and he has his system. He doesn't want to share, it and that's fine. And I don't really give away my players either. But um, do you, like what what do you mean by your own sauce? Is it sort of like a like a formula that formula that you use based on like advanced stats or or sort of regressions or what, like, can you give us any sort of sense of what that is without like going into too much detail? Yeah. There are some stats that I think are, are far more telling than others and are very, very predictive. And um, yeah, that's oh. what I will say. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I think it's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes, I would say there's a, there's a specific stat that I think is, is very, very predictive. All right. Um, so one more thing I wanted to ask you about the, the projections and stolen bases. Now I've always thought that I, I, I always think that, um, I don't know if you use, um, you say you use projections, but do you use replacement value when, when you're dealing with projections? Like, like um, for like catchers, you, you bump up catchers because your replacement value is basically shit, right? Um, yeah, okay, yeah. I, I use Tanner Bell's SGB thing. So however he, you know, whatever, I don't even know what it stands for, but his, uh, his system's very good. Check out uh, Tanner Bell and he, so they do the player valuation for me. I believe that's what you're saying. That would bump up, uh, uh, I'm not sure if it actually does uh, catchers for that, but. I'm doing it manually myself then looking in 12 teamers. I absolutely think that's a way to get ahead specifically in 12 teamers is the catcher position. And then 15, I bump it down. So I guess I'm telling, I'm, I'm answering you, uh, figuring out this answer myself. I guess I do that manually. 
Right. So you actually bump the catchers down in the 15s? In my strategy, it's probably best, and I'm going so heavy, uh, they better be impactful catchers, and they're all going to be gone by then. So yes, in my strategy yeah. with 15s, because they better be really impactful. Right. Okay. And, so and I'm, and yeah, they're not stealing bags, and I have so many pitchers, I'm going to be, up to, yeah, it's, it makes more sense to just then go the other route and just take the crumbs. Okay, so yeah, no, I see that you did, like, I'm looking at your OC. This is a good transition right now, actually, to get into the OC that you did this year. You sent, you sent me the board, and um, I'm looking at your catchers, and you, and you did take two, like, I'd say above average catchers in this draft. Yeah. And you, I, think, I, I think you were fortunate to get them where you did. I find these OCs, uh, not to get cocky, because I'm not, not who am I to get cocky, but I think they're a little bit softer. Like, you get a, like, a little bit more diverse range of people, whereas, like, the DCs and mains, it's basically a lot of, like, tough guy, tough players. Dude, I got sick to my stomach when I saw people tweeting. There was an OC the other night where like Nola went in the sixth round or something. I don't know if that's real, but I think yeah, I, I saw no, something like and that. Dalton, that was I'm, me. I got, no, I got, I thought I, it was you. Yeah, I'm going to vomit, dude. I mean, that's just yeah, gross. I got, I got Nola in the sixth round. It's insane. I had to, oh, it's really you. I, that's, uh, wow. It's funny. No, that is, that, is, that, that, that was me. In the sixth round. Yeah. So I took, it's tough because you never know what's going to happen. It's like those OCs are sort of like a box of chocolates and I was in the fourth round, I think it was, or like, I think a third or fourth, I took Iglesias because I'm like, I don't want to get, I need, I, I want at least one good closer, like for sure. Uh, I, I'm a little bit less aggressive for closers because there's fab. And then it got me, got wrapped around all the way to the sixth. I don't even know who the fuck I took in the, in the fifth to, to pass on Nola. Like you, you probably think I'm an idiot for passing on him in the fifth, but I think I took, um, I think I took Buxton. Um, probably I love player, Buxton. Yeah. yeah, probably a player you like as well. So I took, yeah. I did take Buxton over Nola in the fifth just because I, I hadn't have, I didn't have a share of him yet in these OCs. This was my third one. So in the sixth round, I, it, I Emmanuel Class A got back to me in the sixth along with Nola. And I'm like, oh my God, who do I take between Class A and Nola? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, it's, it's an OC, so I'll take, I'll take Nola. But that's, yeah, like it's, it's crazy. Like I'm looking at the values. Like that, honestly, that OC, I set max picks on every pitcher. I had Evaldi in the 170s, Shane Baz, like in the, 14th round or something it was nuts anyways enough about me like let's look at I, nola's my number six pitcher i mean i, I i'd have taken him in the second round i mean that's yeah, that's, yeah, that's why i feel like with the hater and hendrix it makes sense to just lock them in in these 12 teamers because it's all chaos everywhere else so he just want one of the two sure things there but i don't know obviously there's arguments against that but i agree with you the ocs can be very very thin for sure so if you let's uh, just to get off track for a second i've seen two draft boards one where um hater hendrix and we're going back to the dcs 15 teams. I've seen one where they went, I don't know if you saw one back to back on the first and second turn. And I've also seen DeGrom and Scherzer go back to back on the first and second turn. What, what I, I'm, I'm getting the sense you'd, you'd rather take the closers. If you no, in 15, no, I, I'd still would, even if I just said that for the 12, you know, in 15, I'd, I'd two step the, uh, the, the starters there. And uh, even though it seems uh, opposite of what I've been saying, DeGrom, I'm kind of shying away from. That's such an early pick for an arm injury. I, I'm, 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 I'm into risk and upside, and I know he would be the number one player if he stayed healthy, but DeGrom specifically, I'm a little shying away from. But I would take two starting pitchers there before I would do the, do the hater right Hendricks there in a 15-teamer. And a 12-teamer, I'd get crazy. I could see that doing that, but not a 15-teamer, no. I'd Gilds, do the two Gilds would not be happy with your answer. 
he's a big DeGrom guy. He, he, I showed him that board and I, DeGrom fell right after me to the third round. He's like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, what are, I forget what, I forget who I took in the third round. I think maybe it was, I forget, but he's like, how do but you But DeGrom's pass? a good guy to get if you do a lot of leagues and you're as an overall component. I mean, that's great True. to get him in at least a couple. I mean, sure. I mean, if he does stay healthy, there you go. I mean, he's not only the best pitcher, but he's also now throwing over a hundred and he plays in the best pitcher's park. I mean, it's like, it's, it's almost too good to be true if he I know. actually stayed healthy. But he just, it just seems so bad. Anyways, um, enough about that. Let's look at your, let's look at your draft for a second here. Um, so you went for you went five pitchers in a row to start. So is that is there is there a method is there a methodology for the OCs that's, that differs slightly? No, I, I mean this looking in hindsight, I almost should have I could consider going like eight or nine in one of these. I'm gonna try and just see how it goes. Um uh, I'm gonna answer a question you can't you're gonna ask me later here just because of this. You said, Will I ever go after just value picks? And I kind of did so here with Xander Bogarts. I almost always would go with speed. I don't love what I did with offense here. Um, but Bogarts is about, I don't know, 20, 30 picks after ADP. I mean, yeah. Story was going 35 picks earlier. Franco was gone. Lindor was long gone. So I went with a, you know, a batting average guy. And uh, my goal in these is kind of, I don't know how to explain this. I'd rather get the hitters. Um, so last year, instead of taking DJ LeMahieu in round two, you take Altuve in round eight. This year, instead of taking Marcus or, or Marcus Simeon, instead of taking Marcus Simeon in round two or three, take Glaber Torres in round nine or 10. That, that's, yeah. that's my theory. You want to draft on future, not on past stats. So that's, that's my thoughts with these hitters, but, but I will take some value with Bogarts, but in these 12 teamers, um, sorry, I'm jumping all over the place, but no, I, I, I want to experiment, I want to experiment and, and try something crazy, like 10 straight pitchers in the 12 teamer. In a 12 teamer? Yeah. Uh, in a 12 -teamer. One of these, I might, one of these, I might try. Cause like looking at this, I'm like, ah, Bogarts and Edmund. Edmund is definitely not a, a pick I would, I would make if I needed bags. Um, but my, my point is I feel like I could fill out my, my offense still plenty here. Uh, and I even gone to two more yellow stickers there in the middle. Man. Yeah. Like, um, that's that's nuts. Um, I, I read your I read your article about um, I said like I saw you're in on the, the bums from last year to play Torres, and then you talked about Yalek and Bellinger. Do you have a, do you have a preference between Yalek or Bellinger? Just because those guys seem seem like they always get talked about together. I don't. I heard Scott Jensen say he'd love to to get them both at the end of a ra of a ra draft. I thought that was crazy. Dude. Like, how can you get yeah. both of them? Like double tapping, like one yeah. of them but like one. i don't have a preference i don't no do you I, i'd love i love those guys though those are great examples of guys i, I do I, I i i do like yellick more than bellinger personally just because like it, it, it's just it's just the angle uh, just like the launch angle that he has a problem he's hitting too many ground balls is his extra velocity's there he was still he still ran uh, i think people are afraid of the injury but I, like cody bellinger something he just seems like he's like off i don't know what's wrong with him he doesn't look he doesn't even look the same like his body doesn't even look what he doesn't look like what he used to look like in, in not a good in not a good way so i don't know i'm sort of just i gotta i mean it's more gut than anything and just my gut says no bellinger and maybe yellick if i'm going to take some one of those two guys um, yeah i think the bat uh is pretty bullish on yellick bouncing back so we'll see yeah the, yeah but they, they're always bullish on 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 like the guys like that that they've always been bullish on they're very bullish on glaber torres um well i don't know about the bat specifically but steamer when the first one i looked at like he was like basically I don't know. I haven't um, assigned like dollar values to them, but I think he just going off the top of my head, he must be like a top five round guy based on uh, projections. Torres, because yeah, he's, yeah. he's like a 2010, uh, 20, 25, 10 type guy or 25, 12, yeah. whatever it is. And, and in fairness to projections, it's like, do they know that 2019 year had the happy fun ball and what baseball mm -hmm. are they going to use this year? You know, cause it's outliers. I mean, Bellinger and Torres just killed that one year that, you know, that the ball was playing crazy. So it's tough to, to bake those into projections too, but at least Torres made up for his lack of homers with, with stealing last year. But true. Uh, 
Yeah, and that's the that's the thing with the stolen base guys. It's it's tend to, it, it tends to be more predictive uh, for them. So what I've been liking to do on these, especially twelve teamers, is uh, um, I uh, was not able to, but I was able to in in in, in the draft champions. I like a Mondesi if he goes in the fifth or sixth round, and then the OCOs, and he went like early fourth. But he's a guy. Uh, Vlad is making fun of me because I built built one of these with uh, uh, with Mondesi and Straw as my first two hitters, you know, through ten rounds. So yes, I do like to to attack these these steals just because um, I think John Fish called it aces and bases. I mean that's that's those are the things that fly off the board: steals, yeah. base, and aces. So that's that's my strategy for the first ten rounds. It should be aces and bases. It should be ABP aces, bases, and playing time, and then maybe you won't no. draft Mondesi. Yeah, it's, it's, I got you. No, I hear you. Yeah, yeah it's a big, it's yeah. a big risk. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just yeah. by, I'm like, my bias is so deep from honesty. I just, I just can't do it. Um, but if he's still projected to lead the league in steals with 120 games, to me, that's almost more valuable. I guess so. But if 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 he's not going to be playing consistently, it's it'd be it'd be great if you got those 40 stolen bases in, in two months and then just sort of. Yes, yeah, so they the make him a part-time player to try to keep him healthy. Yes, and it's and it's mixed. Yeah, here's yeah, your counting stats. Yeah, so this year's DCs. So um, you want you want to we finished looking at this. I don't know if we've um, I don't know if we've uh, exhausted your OC, but you did take early two. You went you prioritized catcher and pitching. You had uh, one two starters, one two three starters. You started with and then two relievers and then another reliever. So um, I think it is important. I think it is important to get three um, uh, relievers in these drafts. Um, and then basically, what's what's your um? This is a question for like OCs or DCs. But after you've gotten your like base of pitchers that you sort of methodically take, what's sort of your strategy in sort of pick like plucking out the other pitchers, or just are they just ones that sort of stand out based on their value, or like I guess that what, that was my question. Um, do you just take value picks, or do you say I want these players and I, I see their ADP, so I'm going to jump them maybe one round or two rounds, or are you just going to take sort of the values that fall? So, or is it a, well, a combination of those three things? Yeah, I guess the best way to explain this between rounds 12 and 20, I have probably like eight pitchers I really like. And based on how the rest of that draft is gone is when I will target them, if that makes any sense. And obviously based on ADP and how the draft's gone, but yeah, I have like a, whatever, 10, to, uh, 10 pitchers I like in the, those 10 rounds. And based on how the draft goes is, is how I will target them. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so this year's DC, I did, I, I was able to get my hands on a DC that, that you did. Um, so you started with, um, this might be the one that Vlad was talking about, uh, Burns, Hader, Iglesias, Logan Webb. So you're, you're pushing Logan Webb to like, sort of like what the Burns was last year. Mondesi, Charlie Morton, Verlander, Straw, Doval as your first nine picks. So explain yourself. What are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know what you what you need explaining. Dominating is what it looks like <laughs> to me here. No, yeah, I mean, I like that you got the speed. Of, I mean, who, who, look at the power I have through through ten, nine rounds. I don't have any uh, <laughs> strong modesty, but uh, I um uh, no, I was happy with this. I I wanted. I don't have any Garrett Cole. Every league I'm in, he just goes top three for whatever reason. I don't, I don't know what that goes, but a lot of burns. Um, yeah, the the, the hater Iglesias. Um, it, we'll see how it works. With the, the uh, you might talk me out of it by the end of this podcast. You have a lot of numbers there with the saves. Uh, it's in. Interesting. I know it seems absolutely absurd to people in their home leagues that, that these big money, the, the highest stakes fantasy baseball now consists of closers going this high, but the, the, the number of pitchers getting saves just keeps increasing each year. So there are a few people getting the, the elite jobs. So um, mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's just been my theory. Obviously everyone's been 
uh, is not exactly alone with that. But um, yeah, I don't know. You what? What specifically do you want to know here? I'd be obviously. I, I love this pitching. Um, I'm I was, well, old, I was but... sort of just. I was sort of just joking with you. Just explain yourself because everyone that sees it is just so taken aback by 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 the strategy. But um, uh, I'm not trying to disrespect it at all because I've yeah, seen, no, no, I've no, seen... not at all. Adam Duvall went in one of these. I was in. You know, the 18th round. The guy led uh, the NL in RBI last year. That's. I mean, I got Nelson Cruz in the 12th round. Um, I mean, what is he done, or is it just because he was, you know, played in Tropicana for a couple months? I mean, that's a pretty good, maybe. Uh, I think he leads all of baseball in homers over the past seven years. You know, you got him in the twelfth round of fifteen-team league. Um, I think you just buy these hitters that sucked coming off bad years. Eugenio Suarez, you know, a hundred and whatever, way deep into drafts. Um, whereas, uh, you know, and then I, and if you go after the closers early, you don't have to spend a lot of speculative picks also later in draft. And then I just try to build at bats that way. That's one of the things I was looking at when I did deep dive into the saves that um, how people performed in the DCs last year is that um, I found that like people that did um, spend a lot of picks on, on closers, speculative picks, it, it, tend to have, it tended to have a negative correlation. So regardless of where you got your, your good picks or where you got, where you targeted your, I guess, more safe closers, just the more picks you spent near the end on just like shitty guys, it just gonna obviously kind of make sense, right? Um, so, um, it looks like, I don't know, you can tell me if I'm wrong, just by, just sort of by eyeballing this draft, it looks like you, you want, like after you got your pictures, you want players are going to, that are going to significantly impact stolen bases or significantly impact home runs. And, um, just looking at it, like, and I, and I plugged this draft, your, your DC that you did, I mean, the one that we just sort of went through the first couple of picks into like a steamer projection. And I didn't really care about the pitching because I know you're just going to fucking smash the pitching. So I didn't care about that, but I looked at your hitting and it looks like, you know, you know, everyone uses the 80th percentiles. Um, looks like you're about 50 homers short on the home, on the homers. And then you're a triple digit short on like the runs and RBIs. Um, and I, and I asked in the outline, I'm saying, are you punting average, but you don't really, you're not really punting it as much as it seems. Um, so I think like how it worked out is like, even though you're 50 homers short of the 80th percentile, you're still mid pack and you're, you're mid pack in, in average and home runs based on the projections, you're light on the runs and RBIs, but the stolen bases, you should, you should, you should clean up on steals because you've prioritized them, um, getting those specific guys and you're cleaning up on all the pitching stats. So really like conservatively, that's going to put you at about hundred and hundred standing gains points. Um, but you really need like to win a league, you probably need around 120. So in terms of like what I just said, tell me what I'm missing because I could have, obviously missed something I did it quickly. How do you, how do you bridge that gap from like those conservative projections to winning your league? Yeah. So only taking two hitters in the first 10 rounds, I don't expect uh, those projections to show me to doing well in the hitting categories. I'm drafting most, a lot of hitters coming off down seasons for one. Also, I, I, they're, they're just not, probably won't project well moving forward. And, and, and you're not going to come out of a draft winning every category. And the one that I would, would like to quote unquote punt is a category that fluctuates as much as batting average. I mean, Babbitt can move up and down like absolutely crazy. So I, I, that, that, that is the stat that I want to be uh, questioned on the most uh, leaving. I will not draft Joey Gallo, by the way, but I do think uh, Sano or Suarez can hit 240. Um, I, uh, that, that is the category that I do uh, admit that it probably looks the weakest, but then I get, try to go after the Lorenzo Canes later. But um. But yeah, I, yeah you, you look at those projections and, and the grades after, and it, it doesn't look like I'm going to compete in the, uh, the hitting categories, but it worked fine uh, last year. And I don't know. I don't know. It may not work again. I don't know. You're right. I mean, you hear that and it's like, yeah, I guess that's why everyone isn't following suit and doing what I'm doing because it looks like, oh man, how is this going to work? 
Well, at, at first glance, even when I plugged the projections in, like just it's there, it's rough. I'm like, okay, like this is like I was. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna have to tell Dalton, Dalton that like I think I think you're fucked. But then when I looked at it, um, <laughs> even though you're 50 short, 50 homers short on home runs, you still you're still like conservatively mid, mid pack there. So I don't think like. I don't think you're as like bad as it seems like looking at it on a paper. I think like you're, I think this team projects to be like, like it projects to be like a third place team, but then Let, you, you can still let's talk you, power. Sorry to cut you off. Let's talk powers yeah. right now. Okay. After, after the 10th round power, this is who I got after the 10th round of 15 team league, Joey Votto, Nelson Cruz, Trey Mancini, Juanio Suarez, Jorge Soler, Gary Sanchez, Joey Bart, Kyle Lewis, Mike Moustakis, I don't know, man. I, those seem like power to me. I, maybe I'm way off or I don't know, but those seem like a decent, uh, decent stretch of power guys available after 10 rounds. But, but yeah, maybe, the, maybe they're just the projections aren't, we're not showing, it's not showing in their projections. You know, yeah, I don't know. But to me, I, I come away that and I'm feeling, I don't feel like, I don't feel like I'm super, super light there. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. It'll be interesting. It's just, I don't know. This is, this is interesting, man. I've never been more excited for a, for a season uh, for the, than fantasy baseball coming up to this because, because yeah, I mean, everyone else looks at it and they, they, they see that, uh, why are you doing that? It looks like you're going to be in trouble in, in a lot of these categories. Okay. So here's, here's the big thing. The third closer in the first 10 rounds. So you took, you, you had um, Hader and Iglesias. And then that, like that has been discussed and, and it can be justified. Um, but then you have um, Duvall, Camilo Duvall, who not everyone's certain about the role. He's actually falling past some of the other guys at like Kimbrell, who doesn't even have a, a closing role yet, which we think he should. But um, justify that because it's just in these, DC, in these DCs, every, every pick is so valuable in the first couple, in the first like 20 rounds or so that you're passing on a bat that could get you. Like if you, if you pass on Duvall, what in the ninth round, you can grab like a, like a, another probably 30 home run guy that could that could get you another couple extra points in in home runs and how much more how much more valuable is Duvall when you already have two closers and you can maybe take a couple spec shots later on maybe it was excessive and uh if you didn't like my Duvall in the ninth round you really didn't like my Duvall in the seventh round in my first DC because yeah I really went too high there and I was looking back in hindsight um maybe I'm being a Giants homer um, uh, they, they ended the year with him clearly in the role. And I know he had, he went from having poor control in the minors to suddenly figuring out, but boy, boy, I really believe in the player development there in the giants. Jake McGee's not the answer there. Um, they, they're not going to win 107 games again, but I think they're going to provide plenty of last year. They uh, provided the most save opportunities by a mile. I believe, um, I think they're going to provide ample and he looks legit. Look at all the, the, the underlying stats. He looks like the, the next K rod to me. I, oh, I, no, I think know, he's, I've, I've, I've drafted him. I, I like him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the guy, the guys going around him, Blake Trinan. I mean, what happens when Jansen resigns? I mean, Blake Trinan went a couple of picks before, uh, before me here. And are, you San, are you in San Fran? Is that where you're from? Scott Barlow, Corey Knable. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm about an hour away from nice. San Francisco. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, definitely. I, pr I prefer Duvall to, uh, to, um, Trinan for sure. And Corey, uh, Corey Canable, I mean, you're still relying on some, a lot, a lot of unknowns of these guys. Kimbrell, you said, went before him here. And then right afterward, I mean, I like David Bednar and, and Soto and enough, but I mean, they're on, you know, yeah. really bad teams. I mean, I don't know. I don't, yeah, no, I definitely would prefer um, Doval to those guys for sure. It's just the three, it just, in, in these DCs, it's just the... Um... Sure, philosophically, now that's different. Is that excessive? You do the math. Uh, like I told you, I'm lazy. Don't ever forget that. So you do the math and tell me, am I, yeah. Is that I don't know. I don't know. I'm all... trying to figure out the answer. This is like, this is like the answer to life. Like this is why, why are we living is like yeah, how many closes do you draft? And I, I looked at the, um, 
So what I looked at, and I, and I, I had this in the outline, I sent this to, to Phil because I talked to him about this, and he's, he's a big closer early guy, as we all know, because that's one thing that we've seen that him do for sure already is like in that $1,000 DC, he took two closes in the first four rounds. And he was sort of explaining to me his, his reasoning for that. And I was looking deep into the DCs last year, there was 300 DCs. And I said, look at the teams with 90 or more saves, 90 or more saves, because those are the teams that went saves heavy. Um, how many of them had a, a top 300 finish? Like I considered a top 300 in 4,500 teams. That's basically first or second place in your league, give or take. It was just an arbitrary line I drew. Um, there were 168 teams with 90 or more saves and only 18 of them had a good finish. So it was very rare that you finished with more than 90 saves and you finished well, like meaning in the top 300 overall. Most of the high-performing teams didn't spend up. And furthermore, most of the high-performing teams didn't spend up on saves. They had one, one guy they spent early on and then maybe like another one. But a lot of the guys, a lot of those good players were getting like Alex Reyes, um, Romano late, Melanson late, all these guys that like McGee, um, just because they, and they were finished high relative to everyone else because they were able to fill those spots that other people took early closers on with like a stud hitter or pitcher, there was, there was like exceptions to the rule, but um, in general, um, it looked like the guys that spent like the overspent on saves, it was hard to sort of recover from that. Um, um, just one last thing here. And then if you look at the top 10 teams on the overall, um, seven or seven of the top 10, six, two, four, six of the top 10 had between 60 and 80 saves, which are pretty standard. So they didn't, um, sort of fall short. Steve Weimer finished second overall. He didn't do well in saves. He had 40, I think, which was, I think, below just 50th percentile or whatever, and some of them overshot it. So of the top 10 overall teams that had between 60 and 80 saves, which would be a good benchmark, um, the price of a top closer was cheaper, but uh, like last year, but such is life. Chance, like what it looked like is all of them had one top closer, but in general, they didn't take another closer. Um, their other closers didn't really come into play um, sooner than later, but I guess this year, like the whole thing, the whole landscape's changing. Like last year's Jansen in the eighth and Colomay in the 10th is now like an Iglesias in the third and, and Jansen in the fifth or sixth. So everything's changed. Right. So I guess the question is like, it seems like to me, and I'm rambling, but to me, I think one stud closer is sort of like an no brainer, but then when do you get your second? And then if you're going to go three, when do you get your three? And then how do you sort of optimize the rest of your draft in terms of not spending too many of your other picks and valuable picks on, on saves? Yeah, really after like 11 closers, it gets, I mean, unless you're confident in Melanson, it really drops off and it's tough. I don't have the answer here. I'm searching it myself. I'm, I'm I, I don't know the draft. answer either. I mean, it's, I think, I think we won't find out until after the season's over. No. But yeah, um, I'm comparing my drafts where I have tried two and three rounds, two and three closers versus not. And then, yeah, maybe, uh, yeah, I backed off. I did not get Duvall. I'm not three for three there. But um, I heard <laughs> Rob Silver say in a pod that Iglesias provided third round fantasy value last year. So, I mean, if he just repeats what he did, obviously not so easy. He was great. But it made me, that was interesting. You know, I'm, I'm not really a, like looking at the values type like numbers, but to hear him say that was interesting that, that you know, he just repeats it. And that is a third round value because it, it doesn't really fundamentally make sense when you think of, you know, these closers are only throwing 60 to 80 innings, but um, man, that saves category has just become so tricky. All right. A couple more things before um, we get to our, um, we got, we got a, we got a game of Jeopardy to play at the end of this, uh, at the end, the end of this podcast. Um, we've got a special guest coming on, but uh, just a couple more like random things that I've noticed throughout the draft. 
you like in your DC this year, like looking at a lot of bounce back guys, you've alluded to that Verlander, Carrasco, Eflin, Strasburg. No, no, um, no guts, no glory. Is that what it is? Like, or do you like, uh, do you, or do you see something specific in these players that, that you think that they're of a value? I was always a sucker for Strasburg. I don't know. I think he was actually pretty lower than ADP at that point, but uh, who knows with his uh, coming off that surgery, a total unknown, but obviously upside. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, Morton and Verlander, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm okay with going with the, the old boring vets in baseball, not like that in the other sports and basketball and, and football. It's becoming just crazy. It's a young person's game. But um, I'm cool with the old boring vets in, in baseball, the, the Lorenzo Canes and even uh, Verlander, even if he throws 150 innings. Um, I, I really like Verlander, especially, I mean, if Houston gave him 25 million, I mean, the wins should be there. Um, yeah, I, I like him. But um, uh, I guess one thing I've, I, I'm debating, and I'm curious your opinion, what, what you do, um, if you have your guys, do you, do you personally mix up uh, or do you like just double dipping and going all in the same? But, you know, I mean, do you, do you like to, to diversify your portfolio, I guess, is what I'm trying to ask. I thought about that and uh, I, I made an effort to do that last year and I kind of wish that I didn't, even though, um, even though sometimes it backfired. Like I had a lot of TJ Anton, I just loved where he was, but and he ended up getting hurt. Um, but no, I think like, once you get a once you hit a point in the draft, like even after the tenth round, I just want my guys. Like you said, like there's certain pitchers throughout the draft that you just like, like eight or ten of them. Like I want to get as many of them as many of them as I can. And if one gets hurt, really is what that's what you're worried about. Then like um, I diversify by playing fantasy baseball for a lot of seasons. Like I'll have a good right, season next right. year. That's, that's sort of my mindset. Totally. Yeah, makes sense. That's how I usually go to all in. Yeah, but that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, like if if like if I have a bad year because people get hurt, so be it. Like that's that's poker. You're essentially you're gambling. Um, it's not. It, it's a game of skill, but it's not. It's not. Um, you still are gambling. It's not all luck like football, but um, it's uh, it's um, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's profit over time. Um, One of the aspects I want to bring up about relief pitchers, real quick. I'm sorry yeah. to cut you off, but but it's, no, no, uh, go it's ahead. very annoying as someone who goes all in in starters. And some leagues, I'll be you know dominant in wins, ERA and WHIP, yet like an eight in wins. You know, it's very it can be frustrating about how the amount of wins that are going to uh, to relievers this, these days. That that's actually hurt my strategy, even though I have these aces. That has happened to me multiple times. You know, I'll just be dominating the ratios and the Ks, and yet not dominating wins. So that's a variable that's uh, something to think about in the pitching categories also that's, uh, you know, I've, I've tried to actually, before I just would, would ignore wins, but I could tell how Phil and, and people, they, they, it's something you need to pay attention to. But even with that, being cognizant of it, that's something that I can still get screwed over. Having dominant starters, but just not the win categories is one of those that fluctuates. Yeah, one, one last thing before, just because I don't think saves are beaten to death yet. We got to ask one more question about them. Um, like if you look at how saves are correlated to the winning, winning um, the overall or how you place in the overall, how you place in the league, it's the least correlated stat. So why are we spending um, high picks on it? It's, it's sort of counterintuitive. And um, I've talked to John Legaza, MLB moving average. who talked about this. He, he showed a draft where he took three closers in round three, four, and five. So that's, for closer, that's more aggressive than I've even seen you do. However, he's not taking out, he's not taking the same quantity of starting pitchers. So like three closers in a 15 team league. I know we've talked about this, but what are you, what are you hoping for? Like, what's the goal? Are you, are you hoping to get like, obviously like 30 saves from each of them, right? And just like, 
when, when are you, when is it overkill on that category? And, and I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to, I don't know what the right answer is. So is that, is that something that is, is three closers like that early? Like you've done three closers in nine rounds. Is three closers in six rounds viable? I wouldn't go that far. No, I mean, I'll do the Duvall around, you know, three and 10 or whatever, but after I do the two early, I would, I would give it a break, but I'm I have too many starting pitchers to draft there. Um, but um, yeah, that could be, that could be a bit overkill uh, that early, but two to, yeah, you want 2.5 coming out of your draft uh, basically. And uh, if you get a guy, if lucky enough to get a guy like Duvall, you come away with 3.5, but um, it's, 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 you're going to say next to that, like what runs correlates best with wins. Is that what you're going to say? Right. Yeah, I said run right, score. Yeah, runs. Yeah, runs score. Okay, so but isn't that sorry you did say so? Isn't that um, basically just that makes sense to me that, that that that's just noise in that stat. I'm guessing that that just correlates with at bats and the play and the people that are doing the best in their fantasy baseball leagues are more motivated to to set their lineups and, and get the at bats. So runs just feels to me like a volume, and of course the people winning the leagues are scoring the most runs because they're just simply by do, doing the work. That would be my counter. No, no, that, that makes sense too. And this is the, this is the question. I think um, it's hard to answer because saves is changing so much every year. So you can't even really look at like what worked last year because what worked last year might not work this year, because not only, uh, not only are teams changing how they use closers, but um, the market's shifting for them. So now they're becoming more expensive and they're now the opportunity cost is now higher. Totally. All right. So do you want to bring in our guest, finish this off? Let's do it. I don't know if I sign up for something terrible or not. Hopefully, <laughs> you, you, but you know it's something terrible with me. So don't act, don't act, don't play dumb. Um, so Matt's actually the guy. Matt, you're the one that suggested to have Dalton on the on the show when I said who should I have on. So thank you for that. Um, I actually wanted to anyways, but um, we, we've already talked about we've already talked about a strategy. So Matt, we're gonna you'll have to catch up on that later. We're just gonna you wanna, we want to we don't want to uh, take up too much of. Uh, Dalton's time. So we're going to end off with a fun little game and we need a, we need a competitor and this is Jeopardy. I don't know. I know Matt, you've listened to the show before you've, you've seen Jeopardy. Can you see the screen that I, that yep. I have up here? Yep. Got it. Okay. So those are the categories that we have and um, who's going to start. We'll get, we'll give Dalton the board. We'll give him control of the board first. So he can pick a category and an amount. We've got five categories um, and we have uh, 500 and a thousand dollars on each category. And I'll just tell you, I'll just, um, I will tell you what the categories um, um I'll give you the description of the category after you've selected it. So the first category is Chris Clegg. The second category is Fantrax. The third category is the FSWA Awards. I know Matt, you are nominated, congratulations. And by the way, you can find Matt at um, uh, M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-A-M-S. PitchCon would be the fourth category and uh, Chris Towers Pet Peeves is the fifth category. So Dalton, why don't you start us off? Let's go Chris Towers, pet peeves for 500. Chris Towers, pet peeves for 500. Okay, this is a category about the MLB gatekeeping prospects by manipulating service time. So his pet peeve is gatekeeping. So uh, we're talking about gatekeeping prospects. So the $500 question is, this Kansas City Royal prospect led the minors in extra base hits in 2021. So if you want to answer the question. Is it not Bobby Witt, I'm guessing? It is. Yeah, that is correct. I, I thought maybe it'd be a trip question. I thought maybe you'd try to pick Prado or maybe Melendez, but that Melendez led in homers, but Bobby Witt led in extra base hits. So I think I read um, Dalton in your, in your, Dalton, I, I read in your article that you believe that um, Witt's going to be up right away. Yeah, it feels like that's part of the CBA deal. They'll, they'll get, that's one of the main things is getting rid of the messing around with the, the service time issues. So yeah, I, I think he'll be right up, up right away. 
boy, when I drafted him, I thought it was good at the, in the sixth round in those early drafts, but the projections uh, are not so high on him at all. I mean, so we'll see. He's interesting, but he's a guy, what he said, 30 bags or whatever, and steals are so important. So I'm still in on him with, with the risk of buying the rookie hype. I get it. Matt, well, this, he seems like he seems like one of those players that even if he struggles, his skills would still be very useful in fantasy. So it's like exactly his downside is still upside. <laughs> Agreed. Okay. So Opposite of Franco in that way, actually. Yes. So you're, yeah. you're also in on Franco. Adult. Oh, yeah, he's pretty good. He's just damn good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, he's projections. Boy, the bat, he, he never likes rookies, uh, but he has him very aggressive. Uh, I don't know if he's still a rookie, but whatever. Yeah, I love, I, yeah, I love Franco too. I feel, I feel like he's Andrew Bogarts this year. Yeah. That's what I think pretty much like a little, yeah. Little, little less power, a little more speed, something like that. Agreed. Franco or Wit? Uh, I know, I know, Matt. We talk, we talk more, more often. I know you're Franco over Wit. I'm pretty sure. Um, well, yeah. Well, I mean, only because I think I, I think he has such a high floor that I'd go there. But I mean, Wit wouldn't shock me if he destroyed him. But yeah, I'd take Franco this year just because I'm positive. I, I'm, I'm almost positive. I know he's going to be at least a certain level of, of good. <laughs> Dalton, what would you I, say? I agree, but the last couple drafts I've been in, he's been, Franco's been going a couple rounds higher. Feels to me like Witt's going down a little bit, uh, but yeah. yes, I agree. I, I would take Franco. Okay. All right, uh, Dalton, you have control of the board. So uh, uh, Chris, Chris Towers' pet peeves for 1,000. Just want to get Chris Towers right off the board yeah. here. Yeah, All right, let's yeah. get rid of him. All right, um, for $1,000, this player is one of three players to hit 300, hit 20 home runs, and steal 15 bases across all minor league levels. So of all minor league levels, he's the only player. He's one of three players to hit 300, hit 20 homers and steal 15 bases. And at 21 years old, he's also the youngest of those, those three and the only one to reach AAA last year. I'm just glad I got one of these right. And I'm not sure. <laughs> so again, this is a player that's in the, spent all your last year in the minors, but he, but he was only one of three players in all the minor leagues that hit 300 at 20 homers, 15 stolen bases. And of those three, he was the youngest, and he was the only one that reached the highest level. Was it? Um, hold on, got to type my one in the chat. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> O'Neal, Go ahead, is, this is this O'Neill Cruz? That is not correct, Matt. So that is minus one thousand for you. So Dalton, you can pass. Yeah, I'll pass. I don't have a good. Oh, come on, Dalton. I'll... Okay, the answer is Riley Green. Is oh, okay. All right. So you still have control, uh, Dalton. By the way, O'Neill Cruz is wild. Uh, the steamer projection versus the rest. He's another guy that's been uh, falling after early the early drafts mm-hmm. as ABP. Okay, let's go fan tracks for 500. Fan tracks for 500. So let's take that off the board. So this category, fan tracks, is about these are, these are things that are not very user friendly. So they're hard to work with. <laughs> All right, so five, 500. So basically, these are stats that are not user friendly, maybe things that aren't very um, useful. Um, this player is the only qualified player from 2021 with a launch angle for with an average launch angle under five, but 25, but 25 or more home runs in 2021. So this is basically plays off the fact that average launch angle is not very, very useful stat. Yeah, I know. Yeah. So average launch angle. Okay, I'll just guess. I'll guess. I, I'm sure it moved it way up, but it's not Vladdy, right? No, it's not Vladdy. Uh, okay. so, I knew. I, I just know that he was his launch angle was way low. I have not looked at uh, how how much he increased it. Yandy Diaz is another guy. He didn't hit 25 homers. Yeah. No, he didn't have 25. Josh Bell. You are correct. Nice. Oh my God. I did. I did a Statcast podcast last year. Oh, my average That's launch impressive. angle was weird, and I compared Josh Bell to Juan Soto. I did and not expect was, anyone to get the answer. It was something because of uh, Josh Bell has crazy exit velocity on grounders, <laughs> so that's why it stuck out oh. in my head. Wow! Hey, well done, Matt. So both of you are at both of you are back to zero. So Dalton got you both. Um, 
are now back to nil. So Matt, you got control of the board. I'll go with Chris Clegg for a thousand. Chris Clegg for one thousand. I believe he's not to be a stickler here, but I believe he's minus five hundred, right? Who? I, I don't care. I just go. Oh, but he had minus... for the throat in, 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 in the fake Jeopardy. Yeah, I am. I'm minus five hundred. Why are you minus five hundred? You, you got. You I was. Got... I went. I meant. I meant. I went minus one thousand on the first question. Yeah, but then you just got plus a thousand. Oh, I thought that was plus 500. Oh, oh, plus oh sorry. My bad. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Dalton, I was going to let it go, but Dalton's stepping on no, my you're right. Far be it for me to run your game here, Zach. Sorry. And sorry, Matt. No, you're right. Uh, you're right. No, cutthroat you, here, man. You, you, caught, you caught me. It is cutthroat. Yeah. Thank you. It wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have all reconciled at the end, my 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 balance sheet. So um, <laughs> anyway, so Matt, you do still have control of the board here. Yeah, we'll go Clegg. Chris Clegg, 1,000. Chris Clegg, 1,000. So this is a category about people who love to steal. <laughs> All right. So I love, since, Chris, I love Chris Clegg for the I record. love Chris too. And it's it's not it's not a joke at him, it's a joke at the person that that accused him of stealing. It's, anyways. Um, so since June 1st, this player was tied for third with Jazz Chisholm for most caught stealing with six. So since June 1st of 2021, he had the he had the third most caught stealing with six, only behind Otani and a Rosarina. All right, I'm gonna guess Andrew Benatendi. Incorrect. That's a good guess. Oh. Uh, I'm gonna go with Wander Franco. Also incorrect. I know we got still. I know we the got correct caught. answer is um, the next Cedric Mullins, which is Ben Gamble. <laughs> you Who's, you may, you beat a question. The answer is Ben Gamble. <laughs> yeah, He's a sleeper hidden we hidden cleanup. I got him in a draft chance. I saw you. Yeah, yeah I saw you got him in DC. So you, you, are you optimistic on him, uh, Dalton? Uh, just, just car the bat. He just whatever. No, that was the bat projection, and I uh, hit clean up. Uh, whatever, it was pretty deep. What was that round forty or something? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, okay, but um, it was not worthy of, a, of an answer on this, but, but I like it. Okay, um, who's got control? Uh, I guess I do because neither of us got it right. Yeah. Nah. We'll go with we'll go with Clegg for five. Clegg for five hundred. So again, this is a category about uh, people that love to steal. Um, this National League catcher and outfield eligible player was second in net stolen bases by a catcher in 2021 in the NL. Yeah. Who got, who got in first there? He got me. He got oh, Matt's Matt's first. Uh, Jorge Alfaro. Correct. Wow. That was a trick question because I thought uh, the obvious answer was hundred um, percent was going to say Dalton. Yeah, no, it's not. It was well done, Matt. So that is 500 points for you. Still a control Very of the, um, Alfaro. So I, you know what? I, I sort of, um, trying to re- I'm rushing through this, but like all these answers are purposeful. Um, Alfaro, like I, I do want to add fantasy relevant questions rather than just have some stupid game. But I feel like the Padres have got to do something there because they got Alfaro, they got uh, Nola, they got um, Caratini and, also, and Campusano. So some, something's got to give there. Like they, and they traded for Alfaro. So I'm kind of bearish on um, a Nola out of them all for the price. What do you guys think? No, I think they got to do something. I mean, they they want to move Hosmer's contract, and there was always the rumors that they had to attach a prospect in order to get rid of him. So you never know. That would be a reason to move Campusano, move some money, and yeah. get something else they need. So, yeah, I mean, they're gonna, they have to move somebody. I bought into Nola last year. I was all in, and he just battles injuries. But I think he can hit if he gets the at-bats. I, I like him. So, All right, Matt, go ahead. You're up still. Uh, let's, go with, uh, let's go with fan tracks for 1,000. Fantracks for a thousand. Again, these are things that are not very user friendly. Um, this player is the only qualified player with an average exit velocity under 88 miles per hour, but had over 25 home runs in 2021. Matt. 
Whit Merrifield. Incorrect. <sighs> Dalton, you can pass. It's a tough one. It might not be worth yeah. risking losing yeah, a thousand bucks. Pass. I will pass. Yeah. The answer is um, hometown hero for Matt, Eduardo Escobar. Holy crap! Will Merrifield only had ten home runs last year. Yeah. So yeah, he didn't have he didn't have over. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. So that was none. Yeah, I don't know. But you've done really good with the Alfaro and the Bell question. But you can. I hear I hear bad exit velocity and I spit out Will Merrifield. <laughs> <laughs> All Sorry. right. So Matt, you still got control. There's only two categories left. I'm like at minus seven thousand, so I need like some kind of bonus question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll take PitchCon for a thousand. PitchCon for a thousand. PitchCon. This is a category about mostly useless information, at least for fantasy purposes. Okay. This San Francisco Giants player is the only player besides Story, Tatis, and Otani and Sano to hit three or more 460 foot home runs in 2021. Dalton. Belt. Incorrect. What, what, can you repeat the question? San Francisco Giants player, the only player besides oh, Story. I know who it is. I know. Story, Tatis, Otani, and Sonoda hit three or more 460 foot homers in 2021. This is for a thousand. Longoria? Yeah. No. The wow, is, that would have been my second guess too. Wow. The answer is Austin Slater. Wow. He had three homers over 460 feet. All right, Matt, go ahead. You know, you know, Brandon Belt had 29 homers last year. Can you guys guess in how many at bats that was? Say 397. Uh, yeah. I was going to, yeah, like 420. 325. 325. Wow. wow. The Giants, man, they have, there's something about them that I just, I, I think we're going to all like by 2023 drafts, just like start always drafting San Francisco Giants pitchers because it's going to be a cheap code. Um, well, the hitters too, they have these crazy machi- pitching machines that like emulate the sliders of their upcoming pitchers. I don't know. They have like three batting coaches. They just seem ahead of the curve, the Giants. It's weird. I mean, they had all these career years. Brandon Crawford, who has a career year as a shortstop at 35 years old. I mean, it's weird it's crazy. sauce going in San Francisco. Yeah. And yeah, they make all those micro adjustments uh, with the new, like the new age approach. I think they, they make, that's why uh, Yastrzemski uh, did so well there. They, they make these micro adjustments all the time, which they, has helped all the veteran hitters. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Now Slater was a guy that's going around 400 last year. He's just dropped like he, no one's interested in him in him anymore. Do you think he like is he a guy that you're sort of interested in at all, Dalton? Because he sort of does fit that profile of speed for you, or is he just yeah? Too- it's just he's not a bad at late DC or whatever because he's a good defender, but he just platoons. He's just going to start a lot against lefties, so it's just going to be tough for him to get the you know full at bats, say in a in a in a 12 teamer or something. But no, he's fine outfield depth in DC because yeah, fantasy wise he'll get steals too. Even if it doesn't come in the at bats, he'll get you. Uh, you know, maybe a dozen steals and homers anyway. Yeah. Would you rather him or Dylan Moore if you had to choose straight up, you guys? More for me. Yeah, I just think more has a possibility of getting more at-bats. Hmm. I think they're pretty close. I think they're closer to me than it sort of like their ADP suggests. Anyways, yeah. um, Matt, you got we got three questions left here. Yeah. Uh, FSWA awards for a thousand. FSWA awards for a thousand. Okay, so I know Matt, you're a, you're a finalist, but this category is about achievements no one cares about. <laughs> so for a thousand, um, this player was a, was the setup man for the combined no hitter the Cubs threw against the Dodgers in 2021 that was started by Zach Davies and closed by Craig Kimbrell. So he pitched the eighth inning in that game for that combined no hitter that the Cubs threw. Matt. And a Cody Hoyer. 
Good guess. I think he might have been the seventh, but no, that's incorrect. Rowan Wick. Also incorrect. The incorrect answer is Ryan Tapera. Now, the reason, and there's a purpose for me asking that question, Ryan Tapera, he's one of my favorite sleepers in these draft and hold leagues to, to take in the later rounds for because he's a free agent, 34 years old, great ratios. Um, there's been some rumors about him heading to the Cardinals and sharing saves. What do you guys think about Tapera and his value, I guess, in DCs? You're not really drafting him in other, other, any other leagues. I haven't looked into him enough. I will now. Yeah. And I know I liked him in the past. Always stash, a guy to stash, but um, no, I haven't looked into the situation enough to give a, a true, a good answer here. Yeah. I'd be lying if I said he was on my radar before. You mentioned okay. This. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe coming on this podcast gave, uh, gave you guys one positive thing is uh, looking into him or, or negative. All right. So Matt, you still um, are going ahead. I'll take Chris Towers pet peeves for 10,000. <laughs> FSWA awards for 500. I like how I was worried about the score when I'm not going to get anyone single one since then. Well, I'm, you're going to end up, you're going to end up beating me negative 3000 to like negative 6,000. Yeah, yeah, right. epic, epic. FSWA awards. Again, this category is about achievements. No one cares about it. Sorry, Matt. Um, this um, player is the only active player that is under 34 years old that has logged over 1700 games played with 1798 which is 11th on the active list but he's the only one under 34 years old can you guys he's going maybe around pick 500 in these dcs well that's case then now i'm <laughs> no I, yeah man i don't know I, you guys I, both passing this you don't want to you don't want to risk yeah, that falling for the negative i can't risk i can't risk it yeah matt you're not going to risk it i i don't even have a good guess you don't even you don't win anything for this game. Um, no, I mean I had a few, but they're not definitely not going in like the five hundred. I don't want to give you a hint. The, the hint is he's in the AL West. Uh, no, Upton's over. 30. Upton is actually thirty four, and he's on that list. So that is a good not guess. Oh, he 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 missed this. He's the second youngest as Upton. So that's a really good guess. I'll take that as a win. I take that as I would take that as a win. That's really that's really good actually. The answer is um, Elvis Andrews. By the way, I'm looking at that, and I didn't realize he had so few home runs. Whit Merrifield's being drafted too freaking early. Yes, he is. I agree. And I know Dalton agrees because he's never looking at him. Yeah, he's a hitter. Of course, yeah, yeah he is. A hitter in the first five rounds, too early. Yeah. I guess you didn't have any Vlad last year. Uh, I love Vlad, too. I, I loved him, but I had, yeah, no Vlad. Yeah. What do you guys think about taking a guy who doesn't, he's not a pitcher, and he doesn't steal bases at sixth overall? I don't like it. No, I, I, I mean, I mentioned this I mentioned this all the time and it was basically to look into the other players I was researching and it wasn't to have anything to do with Vlad, but I took the June 21st date, just had nothing to do with just the sticky substance date. I just took that date. And afterwards, um, Joey Votto, uh, Josh Bell, Austin Riley, uh, there were uh, several other players that were just like, just going rounds and rounds later that had the same exact stats as Vlad did after that date. So, I'm not saying that I expect them to be there where Vlad is, but I think not enough people are really putting enough um, weight on what all the magic he had in like Dunedin in the early going. Uh, so yeah, without that speed, there's a possibility that uh, he, he's much closer to those other players. Not, not, I mean, if he blows them away, it won't be a surprise. It's just first round, especially in the very top half. Just, I think people, there's a good chance people are going to be disappointed. Great call about the parks too. I forgot. Yeah, the whole yeah last year. Yeah, benefited from those parks big time. Big thing with uh, obviously Simeon as well going from Dunedin to yeah. second half to Texas. It's just 
Well, Simeon was going in the second round in early, early drafts, and now he's moved into the fourth. So that's the thing. Okay, so we've got one, one last question here. No, no need to pick it. This is a pitch con for 500. So again, this is a category, but mostly useless information um, for fantasy purposes. Um, all right. So this sort of goes hand in, hand in hand with the other question. We already know that Story hit the most um, home runs in 2021 over uh, 460 feet. But this, um, but this other player has the most home runs over 460 feet since 2019. So the most home runs over 460 feet since 2019. I'll guess to know. That is not correct. It's a good guess, though. I think he's up there. You might, you might be tied for second. Matt, do you have a do you have a guess? Uh, for sure, volume of home runs. I'll go with Pete Lonzo. Also a good guess. I think he was up there, but the right answer is Acuna, even though he missed wow. part wow. of last year, which I would never have gotten. Wow, that's crazy. Anyways. Yeah, sorry, I'm still horrible at trivia. Fun game though. Sorry. Yeah, that's just, it's it's all it's about it's all about um, meeting new people and having fun and playing the game. It's not we're not even we're not even going to tally up the score. I want bonus points for worst answer given. Which which one of your worst answers? The win the win Mary home credit, runs or the, want, the Altuve post 580. I want credit for both. Well, well, the Altuve one was just a boneheaded uh, answer. The uh, the other one is I didn't realize how how little home runs Maryfield actually hit. So that was actually a learning experience for me. Um, I shouldn't have thought he hit 25, but I sure as heck didn't think he hit 10. Yeah, that's nuts. But you know what? You made up with it. you made up for it with uh, the Josh Bell answer. I don't know. These yeah, are these good. are these are tough questions. That was really good. Yeah, it was impressive. They were tough. Yeah. Well done, Zach. Appreciate the work you put into this. No, thanks. I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate the time you, that you, um, that you gave me here. So oh, yeah, absolutely, man. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. I hope I went to all over the place, but I love, yeah, I love talking this with, with you guys and we'll see if this, uh, if I can make it work again, but um, it may, maybe I just drafted the right players last year and it'll be a disaster, this strategy, uh, this time around, but, but man, we'll see. I'm know. going like, all in again. It seems like your strategy, Matt, we talked about it. Like it's a crazy strategy. And uh, it seems like you do have a lot of margin for error uh, because like specifically like in fab leagues, because you finish, not only did you blow all your fab, like almost right away, you picked Victor Robles and you're with your fifth round pick. Your first, your first hitter was Victor Robles. So like for, like, it seems like, it seems like it's a viable strategy, just like on paper, it just doesn't seem like the, like the, the hitting stats are going to all come together, but you make it work. And uh, like, I'm really curious more than ever to see how, like, like, I think you've, I think you've proven that this, like you're successful with this in these fab leagues and in main events and OCs. Like I was mad. I was saying before, like uh, Dalton, he cashed in two of his three mains, first and second place. And he, fi he finished first in all of his OCs. Um, and they were all top 100 finishes with, th with his strategy. Um, but DCs are going to be the big challenge because there, there, there is no waiver. So I'm really curious to see how this works for you. And um, I've got a good feeling because like even crunching the numbers, it's, it's more viable than you, than, than, it, than it appears like, uh, like at first glance. I wasn't yeah, on the I'm first half. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, you, no, you, Matt. No, go ahead. Sorry. Well, it was, it's a question. You can just maybe just add this on your answer. I wasn't on for the first half, so you probably already asked this question, but do you ever have, uh, have you ever run into the issue of uh, someone being in draft with you? And obviously what you do is unique. I don't know if they'd be trying to like emulate you. They know you're here. Has, have you ever gotten in a draft where someone's like kind of doing the same thing? And would that change what you're doing? Because obviously the, your strategy would be a, a little different if there was someone out there trying to do the same thing as you. Yeah, no, I have not really experienced that. It certainly wouldn't change me what I, my strategy whatsoever. But I expected a little bit more uh, pitcher heavy this year than I've seen so far. But no, the.
exact opposite happens, Matt. I get mocked and ridiculed every draft. The people in the message boards, it's like clockwork. <laughs> every single time, they're just like, what is this guy doing? You know, like acting like it's like my first fantasy baseball draft. And they're just uh, appalled at my strategy. <laughs> and, every, and, and, and like every single time, and it still repeatedly happens. So it I, is I what it is. I remember the first time I saw the draft board of one of yours and someone posted it and everyone's like saying typically what you would expect. And then they said it was Dalton's. I'm like, oh, that guy's sharp. Uh, I immediately, I immediately respect whatever he's trying to do. <laughs> so I appreciate exactly that. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. But yeah, no, the immediate reaction is just, it's, it's consistently, what is this guy doing? Yeah. Hey, I know that was, like I said, that, Matt, when, before you came on, that was my first reaction. Like, I was laughing during the main event. I'm like, what's going on here? But then <laughs> at the, like this year, like, even though like the DCs, it seems like it's hard to wrap your head around, but like the amount of respect I, I have for what you did last year and like in the vault, like in all the leagues you did, like it's, I'm, I'm not laughing anymore. Like this is legit. And I'm really like, I respect what you're doing. And I'm really curious to see how this plays out, especially like I said, in these DCs. I'm curious too, because last year, as we talked about, I only did one and that was not even really my proper strategy. I don't even want to count it. So I'm curious to see if I can, if I, if how it does work in the DC, because I'm definitely going in on, I've done a couple 400s. And like I said, I'm going to do the, the big mic the mouth ones. So we'll see how that goes. Cause you're right. It's definitely going to be different without any ability to, to do any fabs. Is it ever difficult to stick to? Cause I know if I went in knowing that I just wanted to try it, I don't even know if I'd have the, um, like the, the discipline. Uh, could you have, does anyone ever try to fall in your lap early? Uh, offensively where you're like really tempted to move off or you just, this is the strategy you're sticking to it. it like you ever have that kind of uh, issue where you're close to just veering. I'm almost too blindly to this way. And I should be more open to, wow, this hitter has fallen 40 spots lower. Cause I know I I'm, I'm, I'm like too rigid at, at times and I'm just too, just locked in these pitchers. And I don't even bother looking at the top 75 hitters unless uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm after the steel guys, but um, no, if anything, I'm too rigid. And I just am locked in my pitchers. Doesn't matter who, what hitter fell where. We were looking. We were looking at his OC that he just uh, that uh, Dalton shared, and and he he did you did take Bogarts, but that was after your that was in the sixth round, I think. Yeah, at least. Hold on a second. Here. Yeah, you made my. I got I got my board. I just pulled up my board that we were talking about uh, briefly. This is one that we were alluding to on Twitter the other day, where I got Nola in the sixth round. Every single right, yeah. one of the, every single Bogart. one of these pitcher picks were max picks after 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 and including Nola. Every single every single pitcher was a max pick. I did get Bogarts in the six. That's true. I did. And that's not even a, a guy I, was, I would ever target. He doesn't steal, but he fell, you know, a decent amount lower than ADP and all the other shortstops were gone. So I, I will veer that way. But I was telling Zach, I'm actually regretting not just going eight straight pitchers. I might try one of these 12 teamers, just go really extreme and do like 10, open up with 10 straight. I'd pitchers love to see that. If you did 10 straight I think pitchers, I, I guess three of them would be closers. You wouldn't, you wouldn't go, yeah. like, you wouldn't go yeah. because you did three yeah. closers in a 15 and nine rounds. You wouldn't go four closers. Yeah. That would make no yeah, sense. I'll just go. Yeah. Just three. Yeah. I might try something like that draft like nine 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 straight pitchers and have three closers see how that goes and a 12 teamer I'll, 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 I'll do that more on see how it goes I can't believe you got I can't believe you got Nathan Evoli in the 16th yes after like all these other players it was it was a, these these OCs are really really wild like you just you never know what's going to happen that yeah that wow yeah they are yes they are and the, the and it's so different to um so like I was pretty uh, pretty prepared uh, using ADP last year. So I definitely knew every round on, during these live drafts who's going to be there, what target I, I went for that round. But this this first OC, I was a little bit lazy and I had just done the DCs. But going from the the, the you know an hour, two hours to make your pick to live on the clock, you know, it was a little. I, I was not quite as prepared as I will be for the main events. But um, I definitely uh, uh, I like looking ahead and planning out my drafts. For sure. Zach, close out some of these tabs. You're, I have OCD. You got to close some of these out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> OCD, get it? It's an OC. Hey, DCD. 
All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks, Matt, for uh, saving our asses by um, by also getting negative five thousand points on Jeopardy. But it's um, <laughs> there's all it's all about the sport, right? Thanks, Dalton. Really, it's really nice to meet you, and I appreciate um, coming on and sharing your strategy. And I really, I, I, I honestly, I, I don't mean this a lot when I talk to people, but I wish you luck um, as a competitor in the NFBC because I really, I'm kind of, I'm rooting for this strategy to work, and um, it did work last year. But I'm rooting for it in the DCs, and I, and I hope you crush that. Um, I hope you crush the the five thousand dollar DC that we were in with Mike Demelth. I hope you de- I hope you definitely beat him, and then my buddy Phil's in there, and then Tyler Jung. But they also, those guys also like, like it sort of goes. Sorry, I'm wrapping up the show, but I'm asking another question. Um, it goes along with like when people copy your strategy, it's going to be a little bit different there because those guys tend to go pitching and closing heavy also, right? So it's going to totally. it's going to be an insanely pushed up pitching and closer draft. And I think you know that. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah, that totally. Yes, the pitching. I'm, I, I doubt I'm going to be as unique in that one. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that. You know, and it's out. kind of funny because it's almost like it might benefit you because everyone's going to be doing that. So that means that the hitters you're going to get when you start going hitters are going to be even better. So that's the theory. Exactly. Yes. There'll be better hitters in those middle rounds. If maybe you want people to start copying you because you better better hitters. Ideally they copy me, but we don't agree on the same pitchers. I mean, that's, that's the ideal, you know, they take the position, the same position, but just different players that that you prefer. So, yeah. I have Definitely. Just, I know you're trying to wrap up, but just minor, my other question that popped in my head. Are you very, cause I've seen some of the, you vary on the pictures you take. Are you very specific in the ones that you kind of cross off? Do you really cross off that many? Like how do you, cause I obviously the way different drafts go, you have to be pretty loose. If you're going to be taking that many pictures, you have to have at least a lot of options. Um, are you like, I know you don't want to give away the people you're giving, you know, you, but you kind of get my question. Are you pretty strict um, with, are there just things specifically you are looking for to uh, cross people off that you're not interested pitching wise early? Yeah, hundred percent. I have my guys and I have my other guys that I will not touch regardless of ADP. And yeah, I have uh, my, whatever my secret sauce says, I have my guys for sure in, 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 when it comes to the pitchers and then hitters, it's totally opposite. Just your guess is as good as mine. I'll use projections and whatever, but no, no, no. Yeah. Pitchers. I'm very specific. Very. Gotcha. Okay. Well, thank you very much. Want to again um, plug your plug your Twitter handle, Dalton. Dalton, Dalton. Yeah. Th- thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. this was fun, man. This is a lot of lot, lot of fun. Appreciate it. Nice to meet you. It was a lot of fun for me too, and I I learned a lot. And I'm, it's gonna it's gonna be really interesting to see how this year plays out. I'm excited for the season to start on time. Matt. Sure. Yeah. Hopefully. It's a good thing you didn't have me on for the whole episode. It would have been four hours. I've been asking Dalton questions the entire time. But thanks for having me on. Follow me at Twitter at Matt Williams, M-E-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-M-S. Thank you for listening to the show, everybody. It's a good one. Subscribe. Five stars. All right. Thanks, boys.